Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I bring you the U.S. national champion, Mr. Tarek Patel. Now, U.S. national champion is kind of like a, it's going to be, it's it's like a fleeting title because you can only hold that for so long. And I know that RTN season is coming around the corner. So, um, but it's it's fascinating to me because Worlds is unannounced so far. But to you, as we start this off, this video is going to be about basically the top five, you know, blitz lists that you should be thinking about moving into the Las Vegas uh, calling happening in about a few days from now. But to you, Tarek, just out of curiosity, what is the bigger deal, winning the Pro Tour or winning Worlds? Like, what's the bigger crown, so to speak? Uh, they're both big to me, and I honestly haven't put much thought into it. Um, at this point, I'd say probably Worlds, just because it'd be really cool to call yourself the world champion at anything. But uh, I'm happy to take what I can get, honestly. Uh, so <laughs> I haven't put too much talk into it. And I will say, I am moving back to Canada. So if I retire and I go play in the Canadian Nationals, I will be forever be the U.S. National Champion. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty sweet. I mean, I think it was like Brett Hall. Brett Hall, I think, is a dual citizen and played for the U.S. over Canada. And that was a huge deal back in the day. Uh, Brett Hall playing for the U.S. while the Canadians were like, you traitorous bastard. But hey, if you want to do it, come to the cannon and play for us. No problem, no worries. But we got like some good talent up here, so it's. I don't think it's going to be as much of a cakewalk for you to just kind of win that. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, either way, it's so good to have you on, man. Every time that you're on, it's always uh, it's always a blast. But uh, let's get to business, which is the fact that the Uprising World premiere is occurring in Las Vegas. Today is the fifth of June, and that will be going down um, in a few days by the time that this is uh, all published and, and tucked away. But I want to talk to you about Blitz decks because Blitz is the order of business, and it's not just Blitz, it's Team Blitz. So you don't need just one list because you can kind of throw out one list, Tark, and be like, all right, this is what you want to lean on if you're not really sure. But it's a team game, so you need three. So how about you give us five Blitz decks to think about moving into the calling in Las Vegas? Yeah, for sure. So Blitz is a format that I wasn't super versed with before testing for this event. And I will say after jumping into it, it's been a ton of fun and I've, I've actually really enjoyed myself. Um, looking back over the last couple of events, uh, it's natural to start with uh, the battle hardening that happened over Proter in New Jersey and to look at the top two decks at that time. So this very new defensive Oldham build uh, ended up winning and in second place came Kano. So Naturally, I think those are the first two decks we'll start with. So my deck number one that everybody should be either prepared for or playing one or the other would be Old Him. Uh, at this point, there are two different ways to build the deck. There is an offensive build of Old Him, one with Endless Winter and Pummels and a full aggression style. And the better one, in my opinion, is the full defensive Old Him, which runs almost 20 defense reactions and does nothing but blocking and fatiguing. Uh, your opponent until they kind of tap out. So for me, the first deck on my list to both test and test against would be Ulton. That's a good uh, good call there. And also, I, I have to echo what you're saying. I really did not like Blitz uh, until I basically forced myself to practice and learn a lot of it. And then I was like, you know what? This is not so bad. Games are definitely short, few margins for error, but it's nice to see you know, equipment blocks, like on the first turn, like that's kind of cool. There's, there's really no room for, for error. And it's a good way that to start off is by, yeah, like saying Oldham, defensive Oldham, uh, slower games. You got to know what you're doing. I feel, uh, especially since time is usually your enemy when you're playing a control style, you need to be able to look at the, the, your hand and have the muscle memory to say, okay, this is exactly 
what I'm doing. Uh, and uh, you mentioned Kano as well. It's kind of like the other side of the spectrum. You have this very, you know, this this steadfast control build of Oldham versus the, you know, set fire to the house and, and you know, roll a grenade in the room kind of uh, Kano list. Yeah, so Kano would be my number two deck. You know, it's a deck that's recently broken out in Classic Constructed thanks to the Arsenal Pass uh, team that, that took it to a Pro Tour top eight. But... Uh, it's also quite potent in Blitz as well, uh, which honestly was surprising to me when I first started playing the format because you, everybody in Blitz has 11 equipment slots. You know, everybody has as much Arcane Barrier or Spell Void as they possibly, you know, would want. So, but Kano does have some tricks up his sleeve. You know, the ability to play at instant speed when your opponent, you know, pitches a card in place of the combat chain means sometimes they don't have cards in hand to pitch for Arcane Barrier. So Kano is a very potent threat by itself. And it's another deck that I highly recommend the people that play it. If you do end up playing it, you need to practice it a lot. It's not a deck you can just kind of pick up and, and take to your local uh, event. It's something that you have to sit down and play with by yourself for you know a couple of hours to, to really make sure you understand the lines. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kano is another popular deck for this weekend out in Vegas. Yeah, skill cap on Kano, I feel, is one of the highest out there. Chain is another one that's very difficult to kind of master. It's one of those decks that you really, like you mentioned, you got to put the work in. But the beauty of Kano is that you can get a lot of work done uh, mastering the deck merely by goldfishing it by yourself. So you don't necessarily need someone else uh, on the receiving end. Um, all right, another deck, third deck. So third deck, the, the way I like to do it is when I establish kind of the two premier decks of the format, my next step is then to identify what deck kind of has favorable matchups into Defensive Oldham, into Kano. And for me, that is Reinar. So there's been a lot of buzz on the online community, even though you haven't seen it really have a breakout event in a, a single player event. We are Remember, we are playing a team event in uh, Vegas. So if you, your team are showing up to Vegas and you're expecting a lot of Oldham and a lot of Kano, then Reinar might be the perfect deck for you. It has such a good matchup into defensive Oldham because of the ability to intimidate, you know, three to four cards from their hand, making it impossible for the Oldham to block out damage. And then you just chunk them for about 16 points of damage, sometimes even more. And they're just in an unwinnable position from there. So for me, Reiner's the third deck. And the same thing with Kano. Already starting on 15 life, if you get a big uh, Blood Rush Bellow turn and you get their hand, you know, they're dead in the water and there's nothing they can do. So for me, Reinar would be deck number three. Yeah, Intimidate is such a nasty little element to get through and actually connect for damage. And like you mentioned, when you're going against something like Oldham, if you're able to pitch, or sorry, Intimidate away their, their fuel to actually play their defense reactions, it's just as good as getting two cards sometimes. Intimidating the, the pitch value means that they can't play their defense reaction, means that you're cleared for landing. Um, exactly. Fourth deck. Fourth deck for me is actually Kasai. So Kasai is a deck that I've recently come around on. It's not a deck that I originally thought was very good, you know, and largely in part because the most blitz I played was during the Viserai format. So in the context of, you know, that format, Kasai was a little bit more underpowered, I'd say, compared to the rest of the format. Now, Kasai does have some holes. You know, she's not the strongest in Takeno, um, but she does have the ability to grind and old him. She has very good armor uh, equipment slots. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big resurgence of Kasai as well. There's always been diehard Kasai fans in Blitz. And, you know, I've had fun testing out the deck and playing with and against it. So Kasai for me is number four on my list. 
All right, you mentioned real briefly here about the importance of the equipment slots and how good they are, and in Blitz, just how important, uh, even more so, they are than in CC. Can you just give us like a couple seconds here about just the sheer importance of having, uh, uh, you know, 11 uh, sideboard slots? You know, one of them is typically going to be your weapon, but with 10 slots for equipment, how important is having equipment that gets gets work done? Oh, it is super important. You look at a class like Ninja, you know, I tested a lot of Katsu, a lot of Benji, uh, a lot of Ira even to see because, you know, their combo lines are absolutely fantastic and their damage output is through the roof, you know, higher than Runeblade at, at certain times uh, with not a lot of uh, cards needed to really get the facilitate the combo and get it going. But where Ninja significantly lacks and it's very... Uh, similar to to Ranger in this respect, is that they lack equipment to kind of back it up. So even though they have a ton of damage output, the the lack of block two equipments or the lack of armor on the swingback means that you know even though their damage output is high, their ability to prevent damage and win a potential race is is not necessarily there. And that's why we see decks like Kasai who honestly are a little bit less offest, uh, offensively talented than the ninja variants uh, tend to be a little bit better into the open metagame because they have uh, the bracers, they have the, uh, the chess piece, they have the, um, the legs that, you know, block over and over again. So um, the armor is huge in blitz, especially when you start with such a low life total, you really need that extra, you know, six to eight points of life wherever you can get them. All right, last deck that you believe is going to be, you know, um, uh, possibly on like a winning roster for uh, calling Las Vegas. So last deck for me, and I'm going to kind of cheat here and pick two decks because I have a love of Runeblade. So for me, that is Chain and Briar. Both Runeblades are extremely solid into the entire metagame. Um, both Chain and Briar do have Spell Void equipment. And I do believe they're the only class with Spell Void 2, you know, in Shock Charmers and uh, Ebonfold uh, for Chain. I guess you can say Levia has it too. Um, but Spell Void is one of the most potent threats against Kano. So in that you can run Arcane Barrier 2 plus a Spell Void and then, you know, Snapdragon Scalers for Go Again means you can put an insane amount of pressure into Kano while also having a Spell Void 2, even if you use every card from your hand. And it can really hinder their wildfire turns, even if you have no, no defensive values. Um, as to which one's better, I'm not necessarily sure yet. Right now, I'm leaning more towards Chain than Briar, just because I feel like Chain has, you know, Karen and Husk, and be able to start with, you know, 30 life, sometimes 31 if you're running uh, Spellbound Creepers instead of uh, Snapdragon Scalers, is just absolutely massive. Now... You know, a lot of people have told me uh, the the Oldham matchup isn't the best for either Runeblade, which is definitely true. You're a slight dog. So going into the, the, the trios tournament, if you're expecting every team to be on Oldham, you really need to have a plan if you're playing either Chain or Briar to, to triumph over the Guardian matchup. I feel you on that, absolutely. And at that point, at that juncture, I mean, you just gave us five, you know, five and a half lists, as it were. Uh, of really significant list to, to watch out for. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sure you can agree that it's the player agency in terms of determining the wins. I mean, uh, how much of this is just, you know, how much you practice and how much you, you know your list and your opponent's list? I mean, I, I, you said that, you know, in certain cases, you'll be a dog. There's going to be a favorites in, in when, you know, on paper. But ultimately, practice and just knowing the matchups and finding your avenues to victory are, are 
going to be the determining factor here, right? Oh, of course. It's so important to know your decks inside and out. And it's actually interesting when I talk to my friends, because we will test certain matchups and we'll have like wildly different results. You know, I'll have people tell me that XYZ matchup, you know, like the Kano matchup is is very good into Oldham. And then I'll have other people that tell me, you know, Oldham crushes Kano. And, you know, for me, I, I am the belief that Oldham beats Kano like 85%, maybe 90% of the time. But, you know, I have great Kano friends like like Brendan Patrick, who is adamant that that's just not correct and, and Oldham uh, wins. So clearly, you know, they're doing something a little bit different than maybe the average Kano player isn't doing. And it'll be great to kind of get everybody uh, playing for real stakes to see, you know, where everything shakes out and how it turns out. Yeah, it's not just about net decking, people. I always say, I'm like, if, if it was just about net decking, then anybody can win a tournament just by, you know, downloading a list. So practice the game, friends. Tarek, thank you so much for coming on the show and just uh, giving us your insights again. Um, you're not going to be in Vegas or will you be there? I will be there. So I made a kind of last second trip and I will be in Vegas playing with uh, Rob Seigel and uh, St. Hung. Oh, damn, that's that's a pretty uh, potent team. I like it. Awesome stuff. Well, Tark, thank you so much. If anybody wants more insight from Tark, where can we find you? You can find me over at Twitter, at Tark Patel 10 I also uh, do vlogs over at 983 Media, so if you want to follow me along for tournaments, you can catch me there. And then I do write articles on ChannelFireball.com. I should have an article coming up in the next day or so on this very topic, on the five uh, decks that I would recommend to play in Blitz. So stay tuned, and you can check them out there. There you go, friends. Uh, thank you again to the U.S. National Champion, Tarek Patel. Friends, don't forget you're not losing if you're learning, so keep playing the game. We'll catch you next time on Instant Speed. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>